Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What's up, folks? Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Um, just hopping on for a quick intro to today's show. <clears throat> Today, we talk with uh, Tanner Morell of Morell Targets. Um, pretty interesting talk, actually. We kind of go into what makes a quality target, both from a bag target, which is kind of where their bread and butter started back in the day, and a nice foam target as well. So we kind of get into the background of morale targets and then a little bit into both of those. Um, but got to pay the bills. So we need to do some sponsors before we do the sponsors. I wanted to give a quick shout out. I forgot to do this last week, but, uh, two weekends ago, I think it was, we were at the Heartland Bowhunter premiere, which is pretty awesome. It's around the middle of June each year. Um, it's usually over by Bass Pro in, um, independence. So, Anyways, we were there this year and ran into a few listeners, uh, some guys that are doing some pretty cool stuff too, so wanted to say, and I think I got names right, but my memory sucks, so I uh, wanted to say hey to Landon and Brady Stockman and Allen, I think, and I forgot the girlfriend's name, so hello to you two, don't remember your name, sorry about that, but I want to say what's up to the guys, it was cool meeting you guys in person, and uh, keep it up, so let's uh, get into these sponsors before we jump into today's show morel targets man that's the the ones who are on the show today um check them out morelltargets.com you know they've been making targets since the 80s and uh really quality stuff i've got a handful of them now just got the the big one this year uh for my son so that if he misses he doesn't lose arrows because i don't really want to go buy two dozen more arrows so uh, Morell's going to help me do that, so check them out. Weber Outfitters, make sure you enter the Ultimate Bow Hunting Giveaway if you have not yet. It's over a $1,200 package. Easy to enter. You just click the link in the show notes or go to our website under Weber Outfitters under our Partners tab and hit the link. That's it. You can sign up. I think you can sign up like up to seven times. So get it done and enter. Uh, Athlon Optics, man, I uh, haven't really been shooting lately because it's been hot and we've been busy, but I really want to get my Midas tack on my uh, 223 bolt gun and uh, play with that a little bit, but still sitting in the box, so I need to get out and do some plinking, um, getting an itchy trigger, trigger finger, haven't been uh, coyote hunting in a while either, so check them out, Midwest Gunworks, same thing with guns, man, they're they're terrific, Uh you can use our discount code, which is Woods Water, for 5% off on anything there, including ammo, which is huge, uh, especially when you're talking about ammo. They, um, they've got a great selection of stuff, and one of my favorite tools is the tool where you can um, select any part of an AR, and it'll show you what it is and what they have for that part, so it's pretty cool. River's Edge Tree Stands, 
Uh, I've got about three two-man stands that I need to get set up for the boys. I'm hoping to get that done this weekend. I'm recording this intro on June 29th, so I'm hoping to uh, get some stuff done this weekend and maybe put some tree stands together and, I don't know, maybe get some hung, but it's going to be hotter and shit, so we'll see. Lucky Buck, I hope also to dump my July dump of Lucky Buck out. I usually try to do that around the first of every month when I start doing it, so it'll be around that time. Hope to do that. I've been getting some really good action on my my minerals, so excited about seeing these bucks continue to grow. I've got a couple that look pretty decent so far, but I don't really know what to think in June, so I try not to get too excited. It usually don't work. I do get excited, but hey, um, Lucky Buck helps me do that. On X Maps, I've uh, been using the hell out of it because of my Wyoming trip, so... I've been learning a lot of new features. You, if you guys listened to last week's show, I learned how to do line distance by just touching the map with two fingers. That literally like blew my damn mind. So damn cool. So uh, check that out um, and all the other stuff Onyx offers. Use our code MWW20 for 20% off on the website. You got to go to the website to uh, get that code. Black Ovis. Uh, got a lot of Black Ovis gear coming in actually that I'm trying to get ready for Wyoming and trying to get stuff kind of set up before it's too late so check them out and use our code mww10 for 10 percent off uh just got two dozen arrows from them as well using their custom arrow id builder it's a game changer saved me hours upon hours i bought two dozen arrows a couple years ago and fletched them all myself cut them all myself well using russell's saw but we all did it ourselves and it took forever just because it does especially when you don't do it every day and I got two dozen in a matter of a couple days, so it was pretty awesome. And then Camo Fire Flash Sale. Download the app is the way I use it. You can get on the website, camofire.com, but honestly, the app is ten times easier. And then finally, last but not least, Reveal Cameras. I've got four out right now, and I've got another five that I'm getting ready to deploy, hopefully this weekend that I just talked about doing all this stuff on. Um, and the thing about them is they're so freaking easy, dude. What I do is I set the camera up at home. So I open the app, add a camera, set it up real quick, and then I turn it off and take it to where I'm going, turn it back on, make sure it gets signal, and I leave. It's that simple. I've never really had a, a cell-type camera that easy to set up. So it's uh, pretty sweet, and uh, you have to check them out, Reveal Cameras by Tacticam. That's our uh, sponsors for today. I had to get that out of the way. But let's jump into our show with Tanner Morell of Morell Targets. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us today on the show, we've got Tanner Morell with Morell Targets. You guessed it. Um, Tanner, what's up, man? What's up, dude? How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just sitting on a Friday, hot-ass Friday. I don't know about down in Arkansas. I'm guessing it's the same there. Man, it's getting starting to get humid. Yes. I I live in the River Valley, so uh, we live right by the Arkansas River, and I guess I'm used to it by this point. So it's not too bad. I'm just trying to avoid the 100-degree mark. Yeah. If we can avoid that, I'll be good. Yeah, my daughter has two softball games today, and luckily the first one starts at 530. So, 
you're kind of on the down down end of the heat of the day. So I'm hoping I don't uh, sweat too profusely today out there. But can't It'll make happen. any guarantees. Can't make It'll any happen. guarantees. I'm a hot-natured <laughs> person. So God putting me in the middle of Missouri for my life is probably not the best pace, place for a guy with my temperature to live. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's home, and that's where I'm going to stay. So <laughs> it is it is what it is. I think I'm a little yeah. better suited for, like, North Dakota. You know, those those areas is probably where my body type's best for. But yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because Missouri, you're right next to me. So I know all about Missouri. Yep. yep. We're, we're pretty much the same place, man. So, um, okay, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's topic, um, give everybody a quick introduction of who you are. Um, and a, a little rundown about what Morel Targets is and, and a little bit of their history. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm Tanner Morel. I'm, I'm actually Del Morel's son, and I'm the marketing director for Morel Targets. And on top of that, you know, being his son, I have to work a lot more avenues. I'd like to say, you know, marketing director is, you know, part time, and then everything else kind of rolls up into one you know, position, but, you know, I'm happy to do it. It, It's a pretty cool, um, you know, mentality amongst the office and the guys in the plant and how we're just one unit. I've seen a lot of people come and go and I've seen a lot of people stay, you know, I've been, dad started the company in 1986. I was born in 1988. So I've literally seen the company from the bottom all the way to what we are today. And it's, it's been cool to see. It really has been, especially, you know, growing up in the outdoor industry, you know, all my buddies, they all hunt. Right. And um, they're just like, man, what's it like to be in the outdoor industry? I was like, man, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I'm, I'm super stoked to, you know, be a part of the culture that we have here. And I just feel like that culture has just been getting better and better every year. And um, our team just works really well together. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's no secret we're partnered with Morel Targets. You know, we've we've been talking about you guys since our partnership, and uh, we we kind of felt the same way with you know the way you guys run things. I mean, we uh, we we got to talk to you guys at ATA. You have the coolest uh, setup, I would say, out of all the different Target companies out there. Uh, the spinning thing up top, you know, it's it's awesome. You guys Man. probably have to do a shit ton of work to make those. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even want to ask how much work goes into that, but um, Man, you know, I appreciate it. We've known you guys. I mean, we've known Morel since we've been hunters, obviously. Um, but you know, uh, we've 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 had you on our radar to, to work with you from the beginning of our podcast, which you know, I think is a testament to you know, the company you are, I mean, you're, you're local right here, uh, to where we are. You're just down in Arkansas. We're in Missouri. And then also, you know, what it it can't always get done. Um, you know, we, we do have partners where this isn't the case, but one of the coolest things about your targets is they're made where? In the USA, man. Made in, the All ma- way. Made in America. And that, that makes not me happy. Just, not just the USA. I mean, we're right in the heart of the USA, right in the middle. And it's like, you know, we're from the South. We're part of that hunting community. Uh, the city of Alma literally has maybe 5,000 people in it. So it's definitely rural America. And 
we just enjoy that lifestyle. We've been doing it. Everybody, most people here hunt have been, or at least has hunted uh, or have a family member that hunts. So uh, um, it's definitely part of a lifestyle and a community that's, and especially archery. It's not just hunting, it's archery hunting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, put down this deer. And it's like, cool. So what are you shooting? Oh, it's a, you know, Browning or Remington. And I'm like, well, that that's good. And I'm not downplaying that. That's great. That's great. But man, you need to pick up a bow. It's a different, it's See a different what feeling. It's like, like, yeah. you, you do it once, you, you won't go back because it's just so much more intense. It, it's just so much more intense on every level. I mean, you get to hear the deer come in. You get to see if it's cold enough, see, you know, uh, the breath that he takes and um, see really how he acts, you know, what he's, what is he even looking at? You know, if you can get, you, typically, if you're going to be a safe hunter, you're going to let him come in at 20 yards. Or if you're a confident hunter, you can take him down at 30, 40 50 even, but, um, I've always kind of grew up on, you know, make sure and make an ethical shot, let them come in at 20, right? you know, or it's much more personal, you know, yeah. bow hunting is much more personal, uh, with the deer. Cause like you said, I mean, I'm sure there's archers out there that would disagree with me, but I don't really want to take a shot over 40, you know, yeah. I'm comfortable other, other distances, but there's a lot that goes into shooting a deer at 60 yards or 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 whatever you know there's there's more than just oh i can make that shot sure i can shoot a target at 65 yards all day long but a a live deer is not a target you know um i wish it was because then you'd feel a lot better about letting that fly but you know if if they're at if they have any wondering of of someone being around they jump the string something happens 60 yards is a long way 40 yards and in i mean it's like the deer's on top of you you know, and obviously 20 yards and in, it's even different. I shot a deer at seven yards a couple of years ago, and it was, I mean, I felt like I could have just reached out and petted him before I, you know, shot him. It was such a cool experience. So, yeah, you're definitely yeah. right. And uh, interesting is the your Alma in Arkansas is like a busting metropolis compared to our Alma, which is we have an Alma oh, probably 25 minutes from where I live, and it's like, you know, 350 people <laughs> yeah so yeah. you got like a metropolis down there in arkansas <laughs> no fun fun fact i think i looked this up a long time ago in school but i think there's an alma in every single state that we have in america so in america i'm pretty sure that's interesting i'm, I'm pretty sure there's an alma in every state i won't fact check you but hey that, yeah, that would make sense don't I know there's yeah. I know there's an Alma Arkansas now. I know there's an Alma Missouri, and I know for a fact there's an Alma Kansas. So mm-hmm. I mean, we got three of the fifty right there. So <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully somebody will let us know. Yeah, they can they can fact check. I guess. Yeah, they can. All right, let's get into targets. So what I want to talk about today is, you know, if you get on Morell's website, there's all these different offerings, right? I mean, you got bag targets, you got foam targets, you got uh, 3D targets, just a little bit of everything, right? I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to go about it. What we'll start at 30,000 foot, and then we'll probably, you know, get closer from there. But what goes into making a good target? Like, how does everything start for you guys specifically 
what what are you thinking about when you set out to produce a, a an archery target oh absolutely man the first thing is r&d so if you if we go back to 1986 dad created uh, a bag target it was his first target that he ever created and he created it in his garage i think he had a working prototype for like four years before 86 to where he was just fine-tuning letting buddy shoot it and you know he finally put it together and made it a business in 1986 and uh that first um uh first time he created that bag target there was a uh, floating center in it and okay. that's what he got uh he got that patented in, in 1986 and that really put a staple in all all bag targets. If, if you're shooting a quality bag target, they're going to have a floating burlap center. And that's our patent that we had since 1986. Now that patents ran out. So a lot of competitors have put that into their bags. I don't blame them. I would do the same thing. It's badass. It's, better, it, it's a better target. It is an absolute better target. And uh, back then we actually had a, a burlap uh, cover. Now we use polypropylene. Uh, it's a better material, but it's kind of kind of cool. Like in my office, I have uh, a the second model, fully. I mean, it looks looks pristine, it, and it's kind of crazy. It's like somebody bought it. I don't even know where it came from, but uh, somebody bought it and returned it to us. Or uh, I don't know how they worked. Do one of the guys, one of the sales guys, talk to them, and they end up giving it back to us. And we trade them for a brand new target, uh, but. It's a burlap target and it's completely built and uh, we get, actually got two of them and one of them I, I just broke into and I know what was made back then. Right. I mean, we actually had a cotton stuffing material and which is interesting. It was just basically burlap and cotton, mm -hmm. you know, stuffed in both sides and uh we wrapped it in the netting and then a poly bag went over it and then we slid it into the burlap um that was the you know the basic design of it but you know it hasn't the design hasn't necessarily changed all that much because it was such a good design when you're working with bag material and bag material is, is a value target that's that's what people want bag targets is because it's not you know a solid pour foam or a, a conventional or layered style foam target is going to be generally more expensive if they're using premium material now some companies are using not so premium material and able to break that cost down but you know you kind of get what you pay for when it comes to the foam world because right. you've got to manufacture it bag targets are a recycled material every bag target that's made is comes from recycled material. We have a, a, a pretty strong hold in the bag market today as a company. And a lot of people don't know this about 55% of all target sales taking, taking the three D's out of the equation, but about 55% uh, comes from bag target sales, hmm. which is a pretty interesting fact. Uh, and then, you know, that other 45% goes to, you know, foam products, foam, foam targets. Um, but we, we know that bag targets was super important back in 86 and it's super important now. And that, that design hasn't necessarily changed all that much. The only thing that's really changed is the type of materials that's gone into, you know, a, 
typical bag target. So we here at Morel, we have different grades of material that we, it's kind of a trade secret because we know how to choose our materials in a way for, you know, a certain price point. Um, you know, obviously the higher end bag targets are going to, we're going to put our premium material, but we have different qualifiers of material that goes into it. That way, uh, you know, when you get one particular bag target, it could have two different style of the same grade material, but they look slightly different because we're working with recycled materials, just like every other bag target manufacturer. Uh, and that's one thing, you know, they'll call and be like this, this thing has something completely different than my last one. Well, it looks different, but it's the exact same quality. Gotcha. So, Makes sense. Um, and that's, that's the stuffing material that, um, that we, we put into our bags and then, um, something interesting that we did this year, uh, that we're looking to do a, a patent pending for is, um, a double, uh, burlap center. And that's what, that's what goes into our kinetic target, our kinetic, uh, 1.0 and our kinetic X. So we're the first target company to ever put a double burlap center because, you know, the burlap is good for, you know, strong stopping power. We're able to shoot into that kinetic X and the kinetic 1.0, um, you know, the 10 point uh, nitro and shoot into that and get maybe five inches of penetration and can pull it out with two fingers. Dang. So for a bag target, that's pretty impressive. And we're able to keep that price point nice and low um, for, for what it does. And um, we, so the, the actual bag target itself hasn't changed that much in design. Yeah. In the, in mean, the 30 or 40 years, I guess, since you kind of started, but yeah. Why yeah. fix it if it's not broke? No. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm, I'm on your guys' website and I've, I've got a multitude of your bag targets, but, um, you know, I, I've always, I'm kind of one of those lay archers, like the, the three different bag targets I have of yours. I can tell there's something different about all of them. Right. But I don't know what it is. You know, I'm just a guy that goes, this one's, a, this one's a little stirt, like stouter. This one mm -hmm. is heavier. Um, you know, this mm -hmm. one, this one has a white face. This one's yellow, <laughs> you know, but yeah. what, what goes into a, like a high quality bag target? I mean, so the, I guess my question I'm asking is I won't name names, but yeah, I can pick up my, for instance, I have a Morel. Well, I have the, the kinetic X, but I'm going to say the outdoor field, outdoor range field port archery target. Okay, it's one of my mm -hmm. favorite ones, um, mostly because it uh, it looks a lot like the hay bales I used to paint of my father-in-law's. He used to leave me a hay bale, and then I would paint that hay bale, and that's what I would shoot into every summer. And mm -hmm. I would paint it a lot like that target is. So I'm just going to use that one, right? I can pick up that target, that, that field point archery target, and I can pick up a target from company XYZ, that might be similar in size and you can tell there's a difference. The basic design obviously is a bag target, but why do some seem like they're so much better than others? What, what goes into that high quality target? Is it the basic design that your dad figured out 40 years ago or are some just 
cutting corners where you know Morel doesn't? What goes into that good sure, quality bad sure. target? So you know, there's there's a slew of reasons that can make a good versus bad target. You know, we get we get some returns. Um, uh, we don't get all that much when it comes to bag targets. I mean, virtually any. Um, and I think what that has to do is it's because of how we do it and the materials that we choose to use and how, uh, yeah, everybody has that same design, but I think some of, um, not all of them, but some of our competitors have went to, they've tried to automate um, creating the, the, the bag creation process. And we know how they're doing it. And we've looked at doing that ourselves, but what we do is if it's kind of like a um, company policy, if we lose any sort of uh, durability in that target, we don't come out with it. So we looked at these designs where machines could, you know, push in uh, material and create a more automated process, but we would lose quality mm. in that. So we elected to not do that. So we still have manual guys building our, our products uh, because they, it's kind of, it's kind of the secret sauce, but I'm sure everybody is aware of it. They yeah. can get all the nooks and crannies and, and really um, build a quality target versus having a machine, you know, jump in and put pressure into a bag target and then stuff it. And then there's still all these voids that it creates, which is not a fully packed. It's not packed properly is what it is. It's a faster way of doing it. They can, they can turn out five to year one, let's say. Exactly. But the one is going to outperform all five of the automated ones. it's not going to last long. It won't be near as consistent as uh, a morel bag target. And that's general. I mean, and here's the thing is, you know, what, why would our bag targets be more superior? It's man, it, it all goes back to R and D the way we test, we test everything. There's not been a target you have seen that we haven't tested. I mean, we have, um, so uh, in our office, we have a mountain of competitors' products, and then we've we've tested every one of them. We we believe that if if you're not testing, you're getting behind. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting you're getting behind. You're losing your edge. So, and that's you know that's one thing I should probably talk to you about. Well, how do we test? And we have this. Uh, we call it the MQ uh, testing uh, range. MQ testing range stands for Morel Quality Testing Range. And that's where we take all of our products and our competitors' products and we go and we test. And we use uh, high-speed crossbows, the world's fastest crossbows at the time, mm-hmm. whatever's hot. Right. Um, and then we we also test mid range, you know, 400 feet per second, and then we test 350 feet per second crossbows, and uh, we use different, you know, bolts, and we use different tips. We use mechanicals, fixed blades, uh, fill points. We use outserts when you know we're shooting compounds. Same thing with compounds. It's it's high speed compound. Uh, you know, you're doing everything that. you can to tear your shit up you know you're trying to yes yeah basically yeah basically and um 
you know, anywhere from, you know, 280 to, you know, 310. Uh, and we have the both setups for that. Uh, we have one guy that uh, shoots and his, his name's Tucker Backus, but he's, he's just the best shot we have on the team. So he, <laughs> we give him, uh, I was like, man, you're going to have to do some more shooting. But that dude, like we all try to get him to do, you know, tournaments and stuff because I mean, he can just put it in there. Yeah. He's, he's a very humble guy though. Well, hell he, you have to ask a guy like you're having a, a, a conversation with a guy like him and you're like, Hey, you said his name's Tanner. Uh, t- uh, Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Your name's Tanner. That's right. Um, yeah. Tucker, what do you do for a living? Oh, I shoot a bow. No, no. What do you do for a living? I, I literally shoot a bow. <laughs> like what a, what <laughs> yeah. a job, you know, I shoot a bow in the yeah. targets, you know, that, that'd be something yeah. to explain to people. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that's uh that's not all he does. He's our, he's our plant one manager, but uh-huh. uh, he gets to do that too, though. That's fine. Yeah. 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 He's a good little shot, but uh, so what, what we do in our, MQ testing is we test for, we have three different uh, tests that we need to perform on each target. The first test is what we call a PT test. And and before I tell you about that, so what we do is we set our target up and we go 15 yards back. The reason we chose to do 15 instead of 20 is because we wanted a little more penetration. It just, just hits the target just a little bit more to be extra safe because most people practice at 20 and go back, mm-hmm. right? And, and, uh, we decided not to use a machine to do this. Now that's, that's one way of testing, but you can't do that with bag targets because it's not practical. And let me tell you why it's not practical because inside of bag targets, you don't have a saw. It's not a solid state. Okay. When you shoot a bag target, materials move around. Mm-hmm. materials move around you can depending on where that shooter is shooting you can create voids inside a target okay so if i'm hitting one spot over and over and over and over all the materials are going to spread from that spot but if you have another shooter vice versa and you have a precision side target face right and they're using the dots they're moving the material constantly and filling voids so that targets naturally, any bag target naturally is going to be uh, longer lasting if you use that technique versus just pounding over and over and over the same dot. And that's when we have pass throughs, that's what they're doing every time. They're just hammering the middle over and over. Yeah, right, right in the middle, over and over and over and over. But uh, how, how we test is we do like a, uh, we get like a, a quarter size circle uh it could be a quarter or a nickel we go kind of back and forth but uh we shoot inside that quarter circle so it's not hitting the exact spot using a machine it's more of a a human element to realistic practical test yep and we'll count every shot that goes inside that circle and then we get our first count which is the pt count the pt count is a poke through count so how many shots does it take till we get a poke through out of the back of the target? That that matters. That's more of a, the reason that matters is because it's not like your target doesn't work, but it's more or less a comfort factor for the end user. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can have a large PT count, it, it, 
the the you know our end user our our archers that are shooting our targets are feeling feeling good about it right it 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 doesn't necessarily take the efficiency out of it just they feel good about it and then we move we have that count to the next um test which we call ff count and that's fletching friction count so how many shots does it take until we get friction on our fletchings and that basically just means when the fletching touches the target when that happens that's when we get pissed off customers because it you can ruin Start fletchings. fletchings yep yeah and nobody wants to refletch and uh re- refletch any arrows or go buy it or have to go to the store or stop what they're doing so that's that's the count that we really strive to have a high count in is that ff count um that's that's going to be our most important one but we get we collect a number for that and every target that we have, we have that PT count and then we have an FF count and then we keep those numbers and that's how we compare. We put it into a spreadsheet and that's like our, um, that's our secret sauce because there's a lot of knowledge in that spreadsheet because we use different setups, right? You know, we use a right. slew of setups and perform the same test and that's a lot of knowledge. So we know for sure what works and what doesn't work inside the market based on a practical, realistic setting for an archer and their backyard target. So, and, you, you and know for outside. a fact when when a bag target's going out, you know once you've let's say designed a new one or or because uh, I'm pretty sure your kinetics are the newest model. Is that correct? Uh, the Kinetic X is what we came That's, out yeah. with in 2030. I, I haven't shot that one Which, yet, but I'm ready to. Uh, it, I've got it's it. It's a little, yeah. yeah, it's a little brother to the Kinetic 1.0. That, that was the one when I told you, like, I have a several of your different bag targets. That was the one I'm like, man, this is like a brick shit house. You know, like, it's just, bone. yeah, it's just like, it feels like that, that short dude that's full of muscle. Like, that's what it feels like. Just this, uh, just this thing that's <laughs> dense, right? Yeah. What, what they yeah, say that boy dense, that that's that's what they're that the kinetic X yeah. is that target. But um so you know like the quality of this target for a fact when you send it out. And I that's probably the biggest thing because like you said, some of those automated targets or or whatever, one could be really you could get lucky with it. Let's say uh, a consumer could get lucky with one and it's, it's decent. And then the, the one that comes out right behind it is half as effective as that mm-hmm. one was. Whereas mm-hmm. yours, obviously there's probably some variance just because people are people, but you know, for a fact that that target's going to perform to a certain level for yes. the person that the end user that's buying it. And that's probably the most important piece for a, a consumer like Absolutely. me or anybody listening to this is this thing is going to perform the way it's supposed to instead of, you know, I hope it performs, you know. I mean, that's the biggest side for the R&D in my, from my perspective is, you know, I know it's going to work. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. I guess that's what you're getting at or what you're you're trying to accomplish with your, your research and development is, hey, this this yellow jacket – um, Supreme Three. I'm just looking at it on the website. It's one of your cheaper bag targets. Looks like. Um, is it going to do anything for me? Well, I I know for a fact that it's been tested. Um, 
Will it be as good as one of your super expensive bag targets? Well, that's like comparing a Ford Taurus and a you know Expedition XL Supreme. I mean, they're they're the same brand, but one of them's made for a different purpose. So, um, it, yeah, that's really the key. Is that it is? It's the when you're picking an archery target, everybody asks us all the time. So what archer target do I get? I'm not real sure. Well, what are you shooting? And then you ask, well, are you a are you a target archer? Are you are you trying to go out in the field and hunt? And then it, it really just depends on the situation of the archer to what type of target to get. And a lot of people they're just going to have to run the gamut of you know trying things because I mean we can we can give them the direction but when they get it in their backyard and they start practicing it you know they're going to want most people are just going well that's super sweet uh let, let me see what else you got or they you know they want to just shoot our, hopefully our whole mission is is that they you know shoot just for fun and then just get a little more advanced and then maybe want to want to go hunting and you know maybe want to go to a tournament and you know, do all that stuff and develop them into, that's why it's important to us that we need to make the best product we can. So it's hassle free. Yeah. It's convenient for them. We, we really are very customer driven here. We, we try our best um, from the top down to do make, make our customers happy in every way possible that we seem that we can find. But uh you know, and another thing back to that R&D is what's very important, probably equally as important for durability is arrow removal. The arrow removal, we, we call it the AR uh, force test or AR poundage test. We go back and forth, but um, it's basically what it means, arrow removal force test. And how we do that is we just get a metal um there's a metal arrow remover that you can buy online mm -hmm. and then we attach a poundage gauge to it and then we just pull it out and it can record the max uh force used and that's the number that we use for that given target and we'll do a round of them you know we'll do that several times and um in, but it's got to be in we only shoot in new uh holes new arrow shot holes because if you shoot in the area area where you've already shot at it that will change drastically so it needs to be in a new one that's the only way to get a consistent accurate number for all of these targets yeah. especially when we're doing other brands and we're gathering data um but that's extremely important because i've i have tried not on our particular not on our targets but i've tried other people's targets and then some of these are over 100 pounds to pull out these arrows. I, I will not name the company because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but I bought a Target probably, oh man, it's been maybe 10 years. And I was so excited for this Target. I'm, and I still have the damn thing. So, I mean, whatever. But the first time I shot it, with just a field point, I thought I was going to break the arrow getting it out. Oh, it was that. I mean, I ended up laying the Target down and standing on top of it and and pulling my arrow up because I'm one of those guys that, like, I don't want my arrow to be bent at all. I, I have It has to be straight. 
and I couldn't get it yeah. out. I mean, I'm sitting there, you know, leaning up against the target, like pulling this way. And oh, after I got done pulling that first, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't believe all these positions that these these archers are. They'll call us and tell us, "Man, I I I can't I can't get, get this arrow out." and uh just talking about an old target saying what do i need to get and they're talking about their previous experiences and they're like i can't get this arrow out of the target and i'm having to pull and yank and then i have to call my neighbor over and then we're both pulling and yanking yep. one guy's behind the target and you know just all these crazy formations in order to get one little bolt out to get one damn thing out. and i don't want to have to grab an arrow puller see like no that's a like from a um a, a oh what do you call it consumer's perspective was that target well built i'm sure i couldn't get a freaking arrow out of it though so what's it doing for me i don't want to have to have an arrow puller in my hand every time i i go up to the the target i mean yeah and we thought about just to make it a little bit easier is to you know have an arrow puller with our target but we're like now we didn't do a very good job if we got to give an arrow Holder with every one of our targets we need to make it to where that's not necessary at all yeah i mean you could start like selling cinder blocks because yeah you know that's gonna hold up well but no one's ever gonna get their arrow back you know so like there, there's, <laughs> there's a give and take like eventually we we don't want to make it so hard on the consumer to like you said the the arrow pulling test or i can't remember what you called that um, yeah we don't want to make it to where they're having to pull 190 pounds of pressure to get a single arrow out of a new hole exactly you know because they're not going to like the target for very long they're gonna you know like me i haven't shot that target very often since it was a pain mm-hmm. in the ass it wasn't the you know after i shot the first one i finally got the arrow out i shoot another one same damn thing what did mm-hmm. i start doing i moved to other targets that i already had and i started yeah. shooting those um every every time even though yeah. it might it might look like the newest greatest thing but then you shoot into it and then you can't remove it like that all the looks just went out the window it just it just goes out yeah. the window i mean i it's still pretty I to this day because pull... it sits in my shop <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's not getting used every time yep. and I, i've pulled my fair share of those you know arrows out of targets that are just difficult and our prototypes you know there's been several prototypes that we've came out with way too hard we can't do this you know we, we have a certain threshold that we want to meet and mm-hmm. um we just have to pass up on a lot of stuff, but you know, that doesn't, uh, I never get discouraged when we have a prototype and it's too difficult because we're testing it, We have to continually test. And that, that goes back to the R and D thing. You know, what makes our targets good is that we do a lot of R and D we really do. And, um, it's just test. We test a lot and we come up with new designs there's been, there's been, uh, and I'm not gonna say names about this, but there's been a particular target design that we've had. I think, I think uh, Dad really, he came out with a, a target design probably 15 years ago. That is a, you know, a whole brand built their target around, and I believe they got it patented. But it's funny, we still have the prototype sitting up the ad. We just never came out with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so many scenarios to where we had opportunities to come out with targets and we did or didn't for certain reasons. And we 
you know, that's, that's walking a fine line of, you know, how to run the business and, you know, what, what are we going to risk? So it just depends on what we're doing that year and all sorts of things have to unfold for us to come out with a new product. It's got a lot of criteria to meet. Yeah. So but, on the bag target side, I've, I want to do one thing before we move into foam, but uh, is there anything else on the bag target side that we haven't really touched on that you think would be um, a good um, learning point for anybody? Oh man, absolutely. So, uh, talk bag targets all day. I talk, <laughs> ain't talking all, all day, but well, I think one of the biggest things that a consumer should know if they're listening is you can replace the cover of your target. So many people don't do that and they're really missing out, man. They really are. And you can do it often and it's easy to do. It's just a cover. And you sell them. You know, yeah. You put them right over your existing target. You don't have to change anything. Just, you know, it comes with a black poly bag to make the polypropylene cover slide on easier. And you got some zip ties at the bottom and you're done and it looks like a new target. But you, but when you do that, you got to make sure and lay that target on its side or on its, on its belly or back. And, um, you, you kind of need to stomp on it because it's material. Again, it's your, what you're doing is the material didn't necessarily degrade unless you put elements into it like rain or, um, you know, sun, UV rays, yeah. sun. Uh, but if you take that away, you know, and, and your bear didn't need it up. Uh, you can lay it on its back and then kind of stomp on it, shuffle all that material around and then put your cover on. I mean, you basically got a new target. It's, it's not going to be a hundred percent, but it'll be about 90%. And I think that's worth doing and yeah. it saves you some money. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking, um, well, I'm on the website now, I guess I'm not on the replacement covers, but a replacement cover is obviously cheaper than a, a whole new brand new target. Um, mm -hmm. So you can kind of, like you said, you can kind of increase the longevity of the life of that target by doing yeah, that. Yeah. And, and I'm, you can do it not just with our targets. I mean, just check the size on the cover and, you know, you can do that with, you know, a different brand, you know, as long as that cover fits. So you look at the brand's target size and then look at our covers and then you can, you know, recover it there because, you know, a lot of the brands don't sell replacement covers, oddly enough. But, um, yeah, they're, pr know, they're probably the pandering to a guy like me who doesn't dick with it and ends up spending yeah. money. But, yeah. okay, so on your bag targets, Micah would be mad at me if I didn't bring this up. So we have a, it's not a fight, but we have a uh, ongoing debate on which bag target is the best. And mm -hmm. it, there's really no right answer. So I, no, I personally, no. <laughs> I personally like the YS450 because of the uh, dartboard. I love that damn dartboard. It just mm -hmm. it makes you try to be really precise. Uh, it's YS450 is a good one. And then I really like the outdoor field point archery target just because of all the different abilities. It's a bigger bag target too, obviously, but all the uh, abilities that you have to, you know, shoot at different you know, dots in different areas. You guys yeah. do a really good job on that one, in my opinion, and the, the yellow jacket that I shoot on just giving people so many options. Cause that's what I used to do with my hay bales. I would spray paint all these different dots and X's and different things, you know, that I wanted to shoot. And that, that target reminds me of my hay bales, but Micah 
loves the Cam Haynes keep hammering outdoor bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Cam Haynes is on there, so that probably helps out. But um, when you guys are designing the faces of these things, that's just one of the questions I wanted to ask. When you're designing the faces of these things, you guys really think about as as giving people as many options to shoot at as I think I've ever seen. I mean, any of these targets, the Cam Haynes one, the yellow jacket that I'm talking about, any of them, there's there's freaking stuff all over the place. Like the new Kinetic X, you know, looks like somebody had a seizure on one of them, and it's just it's so cool, all the different options they have. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are you thinking about when you guys are trying to design the faces of these? You know, that's a good question. Uh, so a fun fact is myself and another graphic designer, her name is Shauna. We actually build, build all of the designs for all of our targets. And then, uh, um, butcher sales manager, we, we typically discuss quite often of what to do every single target design. And we, we come up with a general idea of what this is for first. Is it for, you know, a standard uh, consumer or is it built for the professionals or is it built for a hunter? Uh, once we have that, we can have an idea of what we would like to put on the target based off of many things of what people talk about what they want and you know what sells um so we'll take all of those and then we can can develop a general idea of what we need to put on each face is it a four-side target two-side target if it's two-side targets we need to be very picky Mm -hmm. four-sided we got a little more room to put you know some games on there right and then maybe some vitals maybe some a long range uh, shooting side and maybe some precision dots so we kind of go back and forth and um, just kind of decide as a team where we should go with this particular target, um, which kind of <laughs> leads me to, and I don't want to say too much information about it, but it's, it's a new, uh, completely new target design that we have come up with internally uh, just, you know, probably, you know, we've been talking about it for about four months now and we have built everything and now we're starting to manufacture it and get it ready for 2024. And I think we're going to release it in 24. Um, but we'll have some prototypes before then, obviously, that we'll probably send out to our, you know, our field staff, pro staff, et cetera, get some battle testing in. But hey, we'll take care of that for you. You send it our way. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm really, we don't get stoked this much about, I probably haven't been this stoked about it since we came out with the high roller for the first time. Really? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, And what it is, is it's finally a target that can work for any uh, style of shooting so if you're a professional it can work for you if you're a hunter it can work for you if you're a target archer it can work for you if you need to tune your bow it can work for you there is um, several different applications for it that you can utilize 
and uh, nobody's ever, and it's so simple. And that's the thing. It's just so simple. And it's just like, I know when our competitors see it, they're going to be like, dang, why did I think of that? I think of that. Because yep. it's, it's so simple. And it's so, it's going to be so useful for, you know, a consumer, you know, you buy this target, you really don't need another target. Nice. So unless you want to shoot 3Ds. Yeah. But even, even then, I mean, you can still do that 3D practice without the, without the realism of it being another dimension. Right. Right. A third legs and things like that coming off. Yeah. Nice. But it'll be, it'll be so easy for, you know, an archer uh, to tune their bow. It'll be easy for them to, you know, work on their precision and then, you know, step out and, you know, shoot some vitals and, you know, have games. It, it, it just covers everything. And it's something that we've never done before. Yep. And uh, that's going to be new for 24. And we're pretty, pretty pumped up about that. That's I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll have one for sure. No Sweet. doubt. That's, that's every, every pro that I've talked to was like, all right, so if I, uh, you know, I'm giving you my input, so can we get one? And I'm like, of course, you're going to get one for sure. I mean, they all want it. Right. So, Which is, I guess that's, that's a, a good thing. You think of it as a, like a Swiss army knife. That's kind of the concept behind it. And that's like the, the best hint that I can say is it's, it's got a bunch of tools on it. That's awesome. For sure. Looking forward to it, man. Well, if you need testers, you send them our way. We'll, we'll give you our input on it, man. I got you, man. Uh, so to pivot into foam targets, because what what's funny is at the beginning of this show, you talked about how like the market over 55% of the market is bag targets. Mm-hmm. When I started shooting, I was kind of the other way. I was, I like, I looked for foam targets. And when I first started looking around at different target companies, I equated Morel targets with one target, which is your guys's high roller target. And isn't that funny? It, and it, it's just funny because that's like when I thought of Morel targets back then, it was that target that I thought of the dice. Yeah. You guys are the dice company. That's just kind of like my mind. That's what I thought. And that's been one of my favorite targets that I've probably ever had. Mostly because you can, in my opinion, what's fun about it is, you know, you can have it set up obviously to shoot, but then you can just throw the damn thing out like a dice and test yourself. I'm throwing this out. It's at 22 yards. I need to shoot that right there. Uh, yeah. this, this times it's at 21 and a quarter, you know, whatever. And it's, um, to me, it's just a, a cool design. Plus you can throw it in the back of your truck, take it out to Colorado, shoot. Uh, it doesn't take mm-hmm. up a lot of space. Now I've got the big high roller now, which is a little mm-hmm. larger than the original, I guess you'd call it. But even the big high roller is not gigantic. I think it's 16 by 16, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah. So, what what goes into the foam side of what you guys do? Because, I mean, obviously you're known for the bags. Uh, you do great at those. But there are some people out there that know you for foam, like me mm-hmm. when I first started shooting. So what goes Which, into the foam side of what you guys do? Yeah, this is, it's it's really funny because, I mean, in our, our eyes here, I mean, we're known for bags because mm-hmm. that's the first thing that we created. And honestly, we've been a leader in bags. Uh, you know, since the eighties and uh, the foam world, I mean, we came out with a high roller foam in 2018. Like that was the year that we came out with a high roller mm-hmm. and it's kind of a precious, precious little baby to, 
to us because we have turned so many foam target uh, opportunities down because we were always waiting for a just the right one. Mm-hmm. It, it was we were just waiting for the right one, and finally we were approached by a company that uh, said that they had a particular foam formula that we might be interested in, and of course you know we're big on testing, so we're like, well, all right, send us. We're all in. You know, let's see what you got. And um, and, and when they usually do that, it's just it's just a block. Just a yeah, a block is foam. Just yep. a cube of solid board foam. And this is a polyurethane type uh, type of foam. Um, but anyway, sent us that, and then when we shot into it, we're like, this has got some real potential. Like it's got real potential. And uh, this this foam was actually uh, given to another target manufacturer, but I don't know what happened there. And then we got offered that particular foam and then we took it. Uh, I mean, obviously, because I mean, we honest, when we we came out with a a Humongo series, oh gosh, I guess that was the nineties where it was like a broadhead foam target. And we sold a ton of those. And, and this is a little bit before my game, I wasn't in the field at that. I, I mean, I saw it all happen. I still went to the, I think I've been going to these trade shows for, since I was like a teenager, uh-huh. like a, like a mid teenager, but, um, we sold a ton of those. And then we kind of, kind of got out of the game, the phone, that's when block jumped on at some point and then they really took a lot of the market share when it come to to foam and at least that block style foam mm-hmm. cube um so and then we kind of would have a couple different you know yellow jacket layered foam vertically styled targets and then we came out with a a, a dual threat which is in the yellow jacket line but it's completely fused layers versus, you know, a partially rotted fused layered target, um, which makes a difference. And that's, that's got its own theory or not theory, but its own design of how it works. But, uh, and then, you know, we got offered that foam formula and we tested it and we thought it would be good. And we wanted to test it and come out with a design of a dice because what's cool about the dice is that the spots uh, have off placement on the backside. Mm-hmm. So you're not shooting. So if you had uh, one spot here, so this is a block. Okay. You had a one spot here and a one spot here, both your arrows are going through. So you're going to penetrate that hole much easier than versus if you had them offset. So you utilize more of the target and a dice has that naturally. So for the most part. Yeah. So we're like, I mean, dice would be sweet. We needed something that was small and portable something that you could throw in the back of your truck and take it to camp, but, and make it easy to where you can just lift it out. I mean, the thing is 10 pounds. It's, it's nothing to, you know, throw in the back of your truck and then pull it out when you want to shoot at home and put it underneath the table. Like it's, it's very versatile and the functionality was so awesome because I mean, we were shooting 400 feet crossbows at it and, 2018 and it was handling it and not only that it was a lot 
easier to pull than all the other competition that we've seen. So, I mean, we, you know, we had to make this work and, um, I actually have the very first model. Well, I guess, I guess, uh, I don't, but one of the first models at the house that we did an initial video for. And then, you know, from that video, there was a lot of people hyped up about it because it was, it was just so you couldn't see it. That's when I shot a Scorpid 455 into it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was able to, not bury up like six inches or so. And then I was able to just pull it out and people were like, Oh my God, how'd that happen? You didn't have to stand on top of it. And you, you didn't take it. A... <laughs> yeah. Where's your arrow puller, man? Yeah. So, um, we actually were gifted that foam form. And now we, you know, control that particular formula into this market. And, uh, we decided we want it to be that, red dice with you know the white spots of the contrast you know is is good I, it, nobody really has that contrast so that's always good when you're you know when you're shooting yep. we've got a lot of compliments on that contrast between that red and that white and just the dice in general so we called it the high roller and then we built a big brother the big high roller and then uh, all the other solid port foams where we had a different foam formula, we converted that to high roller foam. And so anything with red foam of ours is high roller foam. And uh, it's, it's the same formula. Yeah. But I mean, what makes it is, is the formula and that that's in close works with our uh, chemists that we work with. And doing a lot of R and D, man. We, yeah. we say we shoot and we say, all right, we need a little bit of this. We need a little bit of this. This, you know, this prototype worked well here. This prototype worked worked well here. I think it might be this. You know, our high roller foam is a little softer. And I've been seeing a lot of other companies starting to come out with a try and mimic that, uh, you know, reverse engineer that formula um to that kind of softer more pliable phone mm -hmm. um and none of them hit it yet but uh right now we still kind of have that market share and that style of phone well whoever but, uh whoever came up with the idea mm -hmm. without you know without making it to where their head's too big to fit through the door you got to give them a pat on the back for me because to me it's the I'm most sure. it's the most recognizable foam target out there you know i mean it's yeah. dice you know that you throw around i literally yeah used to throw it around now uh and the cool thing is it's got a, a handle so you can like toss it i mean i end up breaking the handle because i was a little too mean to it but um you know it's 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 the, it's really recognizable it was a, it was a great idea i mean it you know it, it it's a it's a target that doesn't really look like a target, but it's one of the most versatile targets there is too. It's it, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going for it. And then, you know, like you said, you've got the foam on other targets that you use. You've got some 3d, um, you got a, a 3d buck called the transformer. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, the core is the same foam. foam, correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
And you can yep. actually take what I think is really cool about the 3D target to, I guess, transfer into him is you. it's got a carrying handle on the top of it. You can actually take it apart and just take the buck's midsection or the core with you like you like you would the high roller. You can throw it in the back of the truck and and use it in a similar fashion. So you got like two targets in one. You got the 3D ability and you got the ability just to take the target and, you know, put it in the truck and take it to camp or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and he's got red eyes. So kind of, I'm guessing you guys did that on purpose with the, yeah. the dice. We had to put some little <laughs> yeah. marketing spin on it. Yeah, he's got red eyes. So he looks like he's a dick, but um, I like him. <laughs> I like him. So that's, I mean, I don't know, I, from the foam side, I know that you guys had gotten into that a little later, and I'm, I'm guessing you do the same R&D that you do on the bag targets with your foam. You're shooting the hell out of them. Um, Absolutely. Uh, it seems like you're using pretty much the same foam now for most of the foam targets, but, um, you know, that was the biggest thing for me on that one was just the ability to be able to, it holds up just like any other foam target I've ever shot. And I didn't have to, you know, throw it off a cliff to get my arrow out, which was nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Much more convenient. And we have we have two foam uh, lines, and that's that's that completely fused layered foam line, and then the high roller foam. So uh, the high roller foam is a polyurethane solid poured state foam archery target, and then the other one is a polyethylene layered. Uh, thin, la uh, thin layers about, oh gosh, what are those? Like a quarter of an inch or something like that. But there's, there's a whole bunch of layers. And what's unique about that one too, that most people don't really understand about it is that the fused walls, since it's not a, you know, um, it's not a bunch of rods that go down into the layers and then fuse all the layers together. It's completely fused. So that layer where it fuses is a lot harder. It's more bonded because of that polyethylene is heated and combines mm -hmm. and creates that layer. So when an arrow and man, there's like, oh gosh, over 20 layers in each target. So when an arrow goes in, it hits that softer polyethylene foam and which has some stopping power. And what I mean was slows down that kinetic force of the arrow, but it hits that layer and that layer is more fused which is a more harder foam because they were both heated mm -hmm. and uh, melded together. So as soon as it hits that layer, that layer has a lot more stopping power just because it's a little more, it's denser and it's harder. So it'll hit that and then it'll slow it down. And then it, and it hits the regular polyethylene, the bubble cell foam, mm -hmm. and then it'll go through that and then hit that, hit another layer. And that's really the technology behind that. It's like soft, hard, soft, hard, soft, hard, soft, hard. So when that arrow goes through, it'll, that's what is the stopping power. The the polyurethane foam, solid board foam, with high roller, it's just the foam. It's just all one. In general, one in general, yeah. Like it's just the whole state. It's just a it's just a great quality foam. So that the the fused foam is like your dual threat setup one. Mm -hmm. That's and it's yeah. the YJ dual threat. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you pictured <laughs> if you took a bunch of pieces of cardboard and obviously these aren't cardboard, but I'm trying to paint a picture with how it's made. Yeah, man. Um, 
put them on top of each other, and then they were totally glued together, and you did that 50 times. Yeah. That's, that's the idea that's of the foam. Yeah. A great way to think of it. Yeah, for sure. And you couldn't have like that material throughout the target because it would be way too hard. You would never get your arrow out of it. But right. since it's a thin layer, it works. And the same thing with if it was all soft and it was just polyethylene, you know, through and through without no layers or anything, it would mm-hmm. be way too soft. Your arrow would punch right through it. Yeah. So it's a combination of having that hard and soft, hard and soft, hard and soft, which makes it able to become a good to do target. what it's doing. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Because I've I've seen targets the other way where it's just that softer foam that's almost like a I don't even know how to explain what it is. It's it's like uh, just super lightweight. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've had a target that I think it was wrapped in wood. If I remember correctly, it was like an octagon. It was wrapped in wood on the outside, and it was just that foam. It took me like two days to punch through that thing and have total pass-throughs where I was shooting and arrow was disappearing behind it. Right. The idea so of it, was a, it had a bunch of thin layers horizontally and it was two wood bracings that was compression down. No, no. It was just like a piece of lightweight foam, just one large piece of not even large, just maybe the size of a basketball. It wasn't very big and it was just lightweight foam. Um, don't is even this know. A DIY, is this a DIY project? I don't know where I even got the damn thing. <laughs> I, I can still show it to you. I've had it spray painted. I, I still, every target I've ever owned is in the back of my shop still. I don't think I've ever trashed one. I've got this old 3D deer who had plastic legs who I duct taped together over the years. And that thing is so beat to hell that I don't even know what brand it was, where it came from, could have been Walmart. I have no idea where the damn thing came from, but by the time, I mean, I'm now I'm 40 years old, still sitting in my shop. Haven't shot it in 10 years. Still sits there. Don't know why. Really? <laughs> Just like I can't get rid of stuff, but I still got the damn one I'm I'm talking about, and I'm I'm pretty sure yeah. it's just like one piece, but maybe it was just like uh, pieces together that have been compressed, but I have to go look at it now that you're saying that. You're making me wonder if I'm wrong. But whatever it was, it was so <laughs> it was so lightweight that it, it mm-hmm. took no time to punch through it. You know, yeah. one of them deals. Yeah. So uh, and, it'll. And there's there's several reasons for that. A lot of it is the density in your PE foam, right? Uh, and and the amount it's compressed down. So it could be a could be a multitude of reasons. You know, people look at targets and think, oh man, it's just a bag filled with stuff, or that's just a foam block. But there's actually a science behind every target. It's more complex than what it seems to be a, a lot of the time. But you know, a lot of people do DIY stuff and you may have you may come up with a you know a decent target like oh, oh I saw one dude and he was just had, just had layers of carpet, layers of carpet and he compressed them down and a lot of people are doing that. I mean it works, but just not convenient, man, because it's usually hang, you have a bunch of hangups and you have pass throughs and then you have, you know, issues with, you know, arrow removal and time savings. You can do it that route, but you're going to work for it. Exactly. The the time savings thing, you know, I, yeah, uh, Andy's got a, he didn't make it, but he's got an old target that somebody made, which is like you were saying, it was a bunch of pieces of foam or something that, there's a piece of wood on the top, piece of wood on the bottom, and then uh, threaded uh, 
threaded things with nuts on each side and they compressed them down. He mm-hmm. had that for a while, but the time savings, how mu- how long would it take me? How much would it cost me in material? How long would it take me to build it? Or I can just go spend 200 bucks on a big high roller and move on with my life. You know, for a guy like me, yeah. who's got four children, full-time job, part-time side business with this uh, podcast, I look at my time. Yeah. Is yeah. this half an hour that I'm using worth my time right now? Is it, yeah. or is it this two hours of me spending on making the target? If it takes me eight hours to make that damn target, I wasted money <laughs> because I, I could have went and spent 200 you. bucks on a big high roller <laughs> and been done with it. You know, th- yeah. that's the difference between, you know, that sort of stuff. Would it be fun to try it? Sure. I've never done it. I've always thought it'd be smarter just to go buy a target and move on with my life. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. when, you know, it's kind of one of them deals. I'm not a mechanic, so I go pay a mechanic to take care of my stuff. I don't build targets. Morel does. So I'm going to just go ahead and yeah. defer to them, and that's what I've always done is I just, you know, buy the stuff from the people who know how to make it. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I'm a DIY guy. <clears throat> I do DIY with everything, absolutely everything. And But with targets, it's just it's like – Outside, I can get any target I want at any time. Take that away, but it's just—it's not—it's not minutes. You need to start thinking hours if you're going to DIY a decent target, and that's just how it's going to be. And a lot of the times, if you can get the material for free, you know, more power to you. But a lot of the times, you'll have to go buy like uh carpet or some sort of material to put in for the stopping power. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the wood, unless you got it laying around, but at some point you did pay for it. Yeah. So it's not as free as you think for the most part. And, but you know, it's a DIYer is going to DIY, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to convince anybody to not DIY. If you want DIY, go for it. We've it, all done it. And I'm, I've done it too. And I usually regret my, my choice because i i mean I've, I've tried to be my own mechanic before and i'll never forget M- my listeners are gonna laugh at me i'll never forget though i had a, a set of windshield wipers on my truck start not working the right way so i'm like i can fix this myself i don't need no damn mechanic i watch a youtube video i buy the parts i fix my windshield wipers on the truck and i'm like hell yeah done Turn the wipers on, and the damn things, like, go all the way off the truck and then, like, stop vertically on my truck. I'm like, what in the hell? I watched this video. I did everything perfect. Blah, blah, blah. I ended up calling my mechanic. I said, hey, listen, I tried doing this. I can't figure out what I did wrong. He's like, yeah, you put them on the wrong. You had to take them off exactly the right way and put them on the exact same way. Now your timing's off. So I spent, like, four hours of my life doing it myself, and guess where that truck ended up? at my mechanic getting done the right way. So like sometimes yeah. you're just like, you see the the mechanic in this situation was the guy to to do what I needed to do and that's why I don't mess with my trucks anymore and you know, a lot of times I regret it, but uh it's still fun to tinker, but I typically end up regretting trying the the process out. Yeah. It's 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 a cat and mouse game, man. You win some and you lose some when it comes to DIY for sure. Yeah. And then I do have to say something about one more of your targets. I have not used it yet. I will say that. And I'm doubting that you send a lot of them out the door. But this Fita 1, this big-ass thing, 
Mm-hmm. I'm probably most excited to try to use that this year. Uh, yeah. I, I got one the other day from you guys, and uh, it's huge. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to use it, and um, you know, it's not cheap, but damn, I'm, I'm excited to use that thing. What? Why'd you guys decide to make some something that large just for guys like me who want that big target that you can no, shoot anywhere? I mean, originally, yeah, we did it for FIDA, and then just you know, everybody wants a big target. I think that. I'm pretty sure that's 52 inches, right? Uh, that looks that sounds about right. It's pretty, yeah. Yeah, I think it's is it 52? Hold on, I'll tell you. I'm looking at the website. Yeah. <clears throat> 49 by 13 by 49. Okay, so it's 49 by 49. So yeah, I mean, everybody. I mean, it's kind of like every archer has tried at least at least tried. I mean, there's a lot that practice it day in day out, but at least try because it's like. You always wonder in the back of your mind, like, man, how far can I shoot and be decently accurate? Like, I, I just want to know. I got to know. Let's hit hundred. Let's just let's just fling one and see what happens. So you can't. It's kind of hard to fling one at a high roller that's thirteen by thirteen by thirteen. If you enjoy money, having money, <laughs> yeah. you know Spending what I mean. Money on arrows. Yep. Yeah. So. That idea, that concept, you can literally take any high roller that's 13 by 13 by 13. You can have, take the square one. It fits more um, in the grooves, but the regular high roller will work as well, like a, like a rounded edge one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of more geared towards it rolls a lot easier. So if you're that type of guy, you can roll it a lot easier to so get the round one. Uh, the square one is kind of built for that insert but both of them will work, but that's the whole concept just like saves you money. And it's kind of built for, there's a lot of ranges that get them. Um, a lot of indoor style ranges will get them. And if you want to fling it, fling that arrow at a long distance and you're, you practice long distance. I mean, it's definitely a must. And if you don't have that, you get an archery wall of some sort. That's just kind of the, that's that's the Rolls Royce. Yeah. When it comes to targets. Well, I like it and I'm excited. You also have yeah. the, the center punch, which is a little bit smaller version, it looks like of the pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just a it's a actually it's half the price almost. Uh but it's still what is it? It's um thirty five so, by thirty five. So it's yeah. you know, it's still three by three. Uh it's a good size target. Yeah, so the the feet of one is is a, it's a center punch. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's that style design, the center punch, and then we have that thirty five inch, and I believe that other one is 24, 20, 24, 20, I can't remember, but um, yeah, it's just you know a plug and play type of deal. You get your high roller, and then you can throw it in that casing just to give you a little more surface area to shoot at. I mean, super simple, uh, push it in, push it out, you know, replace them. You know, I, if you want to keep it for as long as possible, you know, always shoot at the high roller. Yeah. You don't need to shoot at the other, any other places, just make sure and rotate your high roller and you're, you're good to go and you keep that thing forever. Yeah. It's it, it is, it is more costly up front, but man, it'll, it'll last forever well for a guy like me i've got a son who just got his first bow two weeks ago um and i want him not to 
have bad experiences up front, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. expecting him to be a great shot up front. Maybe he will be, but you know, that a, a a target that's bigger like that, he won't lose arrows because if he misses by a foot, he's still going to hit the damn target and we get yeah. the arrow back and try to figure out what we're doing here. You know, um that's what I like about it is honestly my excitement of it is because it's going to be in front of my son and that's what he's going to be shooting at all summer. Um, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be at probably 15 yards for a long time. And then we're going to see how he can do. But now I don't have to worry about, man, I just bought you two dozen arrows and you're already down to seven. <laughs> you know, I've got 27 arrows in my field that I got to try to go find right now. You know, yeah, uh, I don't have yeah. to worry about that as much with a large target like that. So, um, for me, it's really cool. I was just, I just had to bring that up because that's probably what I'm most excited about right now is that, is that yeah. big ass thing. And then the round design, uh, because I like to take care of my stuff, I'm going to roll it in and out every time. And, Dude, I would, I yeah. would, I can't stress that enough, man. Take yeah. care of your targets and they'll take care of you. No, it'll last you a long time. If you, if you really take care of it, you know, bring it indoors, you know, if you don't bring it indoors, I mean, you could get um, you know, you could get an old grill cover or tarp and just throw it over it, protect it from the UVs. Yep. You want to go to the extra mile, make sure it's elevated off of the ground. If we're talking about target care and maintenance, those are the two biggest things. Keep it off the ground and keep it covered. If you do those things, or if you want to not do any of that and just take it inside, that works. But if you're going to leave it out there, put it on a block. If you like a, like a, a cement block or something or a big rock or something, put it, put it on something, elevate it off the ground and then cover it. The reason you elevate it off the ground is because moisture mm-hmm. and uh, the ground gets wet and that water will soak up through your target. And if it soaks up through the target water over time with the material will degrade it. So, and waterlog it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make for a good target over time and you lose some like longevity and covering it, you keep all the sun off of it. Your cover's not going to fade near as fast at all. So, and you know, it's it's a simple fix. And I, I thought for a long time, for years, I mean, should we come out uh, with a cover? Like, I don't know. I know we wouldn't sell that many, but it's not really about that. It's about, and this goes back to the customer service side of the company of, what do the customers want? What what will make their life easier when it comes to targets? And uh, we're probably going to come out with a target cover here here soon. I've got several different prototypes of designs to do. I don't, I don't want something that just goes over the top of it and that's it. I want it to be a little more versatile to work with every target that we have. That's cool. So, um, Hey, yeah. I'll tell you this much. There's a million people out there that put covers over their grills. There's a plenty of mm-hmm. people that have put covers over their targets. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm one yeah. of those dudes. I mean, my not? grills, I treat my grills like one of my kids. My grills yeah. actually don't stay outside. They go into my garage. I have yeah. two grills that move yeah. in and out every time I use them. Um, just for that reason, I want them to stay you know, nice and protected. Same thing with my targets. I typically move the targets I give a shit about in and out every time. Um, mm-hmm. I do have targets that just sit outside that have, you know, moved on with their lives that I don't really yeah. mind anymore. Yeah. But the ones that I, you know, still kind of want to baby, they they go in and out um, each time we, we, we shoot. So, 
Um, yeah, every practicing archer has those group of targets that are all like UV ray faded yeah. and just half there, half gone. You know, everybody. If if you're if you're huge in the industry or your first time shooter has been shooting for a while, like it's just funny. Yeah, people's backyards. You can learn a lot about a person's backyard, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> uh, me and the guys found a uh, there was an archery shop in our area and actually it's not even close to us, but it was an hour and a half away. They were going out of business and I happened to stop in <clears throat> like the last week they were in business years ago. And they, um, they're like, yeah, we're selling all of our targets. I'm like, well, how much do you want for them? He said, we'll take 20 bucks a piece. And so I came back the next day with my van totally stripped out of all the car seats and we shoved as many of their targets into my van as we could and bought all these targets and so we've got all these weird ass targets you know throughout me and all my buddies that we all bought them i mean we've got uh like i've got a wolf out in my house um we've got oh bears that like look like they're (laughs) dying i mean these targets had had been like repaired so many times so there's like foam shot into the the target and um, yeah so my backyard does look like um that toy story you remember toy story like the 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 kid the sid kid that would mm-hmm. yeah, kill all oh, the yeah. toys and then he would put them yeah. back together all messed up that's what my backyard kind of looks like it's just like different targets and some of them look like they've been put back together by somebody who shouldn't be operating on people and it's kind of funny so <laughs> but not my morel stuff i'll tell you what that new high roller i've got a new high roller and that feta they look beautiful right now i almost don't want to shoot them but yeah. I'm going to. <laughs> so, well, man, why don't you give everybody a plug? How can they, uh, you know, look at the Morel stuff and check out Morel targets? Man, the best way to do it is just to go on our website. I mean, we're available everywhere. Uh, most e-commerce places will have Morel targets and, uh, you know, stores all. I always direct people to their, you know, the, the pro shops. If you can uh, talk to them about it, um, because, you know, a lot of the time, if they're not carrying us, they absolutely can't carry us because chances are we've sold them targets at one point in time, you know, and that's what we were, you know, we had meetings about this is like, all right, how are we going to find new customers? Well, we've already talked to them, we've already talked to them and it's hard. It gets harder and harder because we've been around for over 30 years, but, you know, if they've ever carried morale targets before, they can do it again. So nice. uh, just talk to them about it and you can get information online. I just, watch YouTube videos. Oh yeah. Well, let, let, let the people read reviews, like let the people, uh, you know, gather your information from them. I'll direct them to our reviews all day because they're good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're not going to lie to you. We're not going to lie to you, but you know, they're going to tell you the truth, but you know, be wary of those that, uh, some of the problems that people give reviews for is pretty funny, but you know, you all, you have that with every product. Yeah, you will. Somebody's so, you know, re- read through the BS and then you know, what's true. So That's yeah, just sure. check out some reviews and online we have usually put everything up, uh, you know, that you can get any sort of information by, and you can always call our office too. We have, uh, 
our 1-800 number is 800-582-7438. And then any one of us would be happy to help, you know, given the situation of whatever you're in. Yep. But that's awesome. Okay. So I know it's going to be hard for you, but I'm going to make you do it. You're the son of the founder of the company. But if I put a gun to your head today and said you have to pick one of your targets that you can shoot for the rest of your life and one only, what are you picking? High roller. See? So I was right. That's, that's how I envisioned yeah. Morel's targets, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's high roller, man. Now, now pick one of your bags. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Now, I want to take this back. So it's high roller right now. In 2024, it could change. It's our, it's our new design. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now yep. pick pick one of your bags. What, what bag would you have to go with if I only let you shoot a bag target for the rest of your life? Oh, the bigger the better, man. Yep. Probably yeah. outdoor range XXL. <laughs> that thing, I've never seen one of those, and then Andy got one, and I'm just like, damn, I should have got one of those things too. That thing yeah, is awesome. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, they're sweet. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm that guy that likes to step back and shoot a long distance. Who does I, I, I am. I enjoy it. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy it. Yeah. And that, that matters more to being good at it. No, so. who doesn't? That's how my, my archery range is set up. I can go all the way back to like 150 if I wanted to, uh, but I've got all of my posts marked every 20 yards, or is it every 10? Every 10 yards, and I can go back as far as I'd like, but uh, – that feed of probably will get some some arrows put in it this year way back there because I've got that and I've got a new bow so a lot of new things going on on the archery side for me so let it loose I'm gonna let it loose I'll judge you <laughs> I'm gonna that that feed of might have some <laughs> holes in the in the fringes but hey that's all right well uh, Tanner Morell with Morell Targets we appreciate your time today man I thought it was a, a good talk about you know what goes into a good archery target uh, both from the bag side and the foam side. Morell's one of the best out there, and I uh, appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely, man. Enjoyed it. All right. Enjoyed thank- it. Let's do it again. All right, bud. Thank you. All right. See you, bud.